0: Welcome, you guys. Um, I think most people here know me, but for those of you who don't, my name is Chloe Ballatori. I'm a relationship and communication expert. I'm a graduate of Princeton University and Pat Allen's Want Institute. Most people know Princeton. Pat Allen is a well-known psychotherapist and relationship expert and the creator of what's known as androgynous semantic realignment or ASR, which sounds complicated, but I will be um, explaining more about that tonight. Um, She's kind of famous in the LA Orange County area, so she mentored me, I use tools from as I said, of androgynous semantic realignment or ASR. I use tools from Eric Burns transactional analysis. And I also use tools that I've come up with myself because I have been doing this work for about 12 years now. I work with men. I work with women. I work with couples. I work with teenagers. Um, and I've written three books on this work. They're all available on Amazon. My first book is really the basics of this work. It's called How to Live, Find, Love, and Keep It. Um, My second book is called New Ways of Being, The Pain of Change, which explores a lot of what happens when you start doing this work. If you do the homework, if you do the tools that I teach, you will see changes in your life. And even changes for the better are painful often because the brain rewires itself on pain so there are two kinds of pain the pain of change and the pain that change needs to take place and what we aim for is the pain of change um so that's my second book my third book secrets to a good marriage what is love because i have been married over 21 years now um it has not been all smooth sailing so i've been through a lot um with this work, this work saved my marriage 10 years ago or 12 years ago when I started it. So, um, everything that I'm going to be telling you guys, we'll see how this goes. Everything we'll be, I'm going to be telling you guys is really backed not only by scientific and psychological principles, but also by, um, but also by my own experience and my experience working with clients. I was drawn into this work by a um, neighbor. I saw a tremendous change in one of my neighbors where she went from being a struggling teenage mom to getting married to the guy of her dreams, started to make a million dollars a year. I mean, it was a dramatic change. And when I saw that, I thought, oh, I wanna get me some of this. Um, If it's your first night and you don't understand what's happening, that's okay. Um sometimes it takes a minute for some of these ideas to absorb. And then beyond that, even once you hear some of these ideas, you have to take the tools into practice and use them yourselves to experience um the changes. You experience it on a deeper level once you do that. And then I invite you to come back and share with us. I always love hearing your updates, as you guys know. Um So that's also another level is when you share your um, updates with us and, you know, that's what we're really building here is a community and I want people to feel safe. Okay. So what what am I talking about? What is this work? When we talk about successful relationships, what we're really talking about is balance. And that includes the relationship that you have with yourself um and when we talk about balance within ourselves and within relationships we're talking about the balance between feminine and masculine energy also known as yin and yang right we live in a universe that is based in duality and one of the dualities that we work with are is yin and yang or feminine masculine and again we see this reflected not only in chinese philosophy which is thousands of years old But also in more recent studies in the 1980s of the newt's brains, which definitively proved that we all have a masculine side, which is the left brain, which is linear, logical thinking, which is the world of stuff and ideas, which is competitive, conquering, and controlling. Most of us are in our masculine when we're at work because we're doing, we're achieving we're taking care of things, we're giving, okay? And then we have a right side of the brain, which is feminine or yin. And this is the receiving, the world of feelings, spirituality, creativity, sensuality, sexuality, magic, artistry. Um, Feminine energy is in the world to make it fun, but it's not of the world the way that masculine energy is. Um, it's passive patient vulnerable it's receiving one is not better than the other they are two sides of the same coin and those of us who have a strong masculine side and a strong feminine side that's what is meant by the word alpha right A lot of times people don't understand, and I actually saw an article about this recently, how people misunderstand what alpha means. And in the animal kingdom, you would never follow, animals don't follow unbalanced individuals. Alphas are really about leadership, right? So it doesn't mean you're the bully and it doesn't mean you're the seducer it means you're the leader and what i teach is how to communicate without using bullying or or seduction but to negotiate with love okay now in our human society we do have quote leaders who are bullying and seductive but in the animal kingdom the understanding Um, The bully is usually not the leader. So I was, it was interesting. I was reading an article that was kind of comparing the two, but regardless, that is really what an alpha is, is someone who has a strong masculine side and has a strong feminine side and has arguments between their heart and their head. This work is for you, especially because it helps establish a rubric for decision-making. Now, excuse me. Oftentimes when we're talking about problems in relationships, we are talking about childhood trauma. And so I also help people to navigate their childhood trauma and their childhood scripting childhood scripting refers to a set of survival conclusions that we make between the ages of zero and 12 and they're really coping strategies of the moment to get along with the people who own the refrigerator because human children as we know are very dependent they're not um you know they're not again they're not like animal children so um we have to develop these strategies, but the problem is when we take these strategies into our adult life, they usually don't work. And in fact, end up sabotaging us from getting what we want. So ultimately this work is all about getting what you want and understanding how to do that without sabotaging yourself. A lot of times because of these scripts, we have misunderstandings. Um, We think that we have made existential you know conclusions that are based on existential truths but they're actually not and they cloud our judgment most scripts are negative and this is true you know if you've had trauma with a big t or a small t it's kind of how people have been talking about it lately but most people have had some degree of childhood trauma and so part of understanding your life in relationships is understanding what that trauma was is and how it's operating currently in your life in terms of your scripts. So that's my spiel. Um, I teach this work a few times a year right now. We're doing module one and module two. Um, I put those links in the chat if you are interested. I'll put that in again, but I probably won't be teaching again until next year. Um, But that's also a good way, in addition to having private sessions, to learn more about this work. And I love doing these groups because we end up really learning a lot from each other, which is nice. Okay, so now I'm going to take your guys' questions, and I also want to hear your updates um you can raise your hand or you can put something in the chat um whatever you want mm-hmm. no questions no updates everybody has what they want Okay, well, it really can be any about, really about anything. Well, if you're here tonight, I'm thinking that you must have, oh, here you go. Hi, Lee. Hi there. How are you? I'm pretty good, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How can I help you? What's happening? Well,
1: I was hoping to give somebody, other people a chance to start, but <laughs> i saying anything. I'll be the, I'll be the. The vulture, yeah,
0: you open it up.
1: Virtual, uh, initiate. <laughs> um, let's see, I'm doing my homework for the module, enjoying the module very much. Yay, I'm um, so glad it's very helpful. Um, looking forward to the coming weeks of it. Um, I'm trying to think here. Um, <laughs> this does not. So I'm sorry, I'm choking up. This does not necessarily pertain to me, but I was wondering if you could touch on. This is just a, an abstract question. I'm just curious to hear your thoughts oh. on. Um, what about when? I'm. I know there are plenty of people out there. One time, you even mentioned um, affairs. People married people who have affairs and um uh, what's your take on that what's i mean this is totally abstract it does not apply to me uh in this moment but i'm just curious like what's the general prevailing thing when let's say there's uh someone that's married and another person that's not married and the whole like if they get into a like A cheating situation or something i mean is temptation something that i mean i'm sure millions of people deal with it but uh is it is it acceptable is it is it is it frowned upon is it something if if it's consensual it's okay i mean you're talking about a marriage you're talking about a commitment you're talking about two people that have taken a vow and, you know, and it can lead to divorce and all these other things. It's happened to family members, people I know in my family that have been cheated on and lost marriages because of it. And so, I mean, I'm just curious, like what's, as a professional, as a, as a, a very, I think I consider you to be very knowledgeable in relationships. And what's your take on the whole affair cheating thing? When you're married or or having having trouble in a marriage, I don't know. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on it. And if someone is approached or goes into that sort of scenario, I mean, what what's your perspective on it, Chloe? Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: Okay. So um, you know, cheating is relatively common. Um, statistics say that at least 50% of marriages have Um, experienced issues of infidelity. Um, typically women are more willing to forgive infidelity than men are. Um, you know, it really depends on what your agreements are and what's happening. I mean, if look, a lot of my clients won't date married men even if they're separated, they won't date a married man because that man is already in a commitment with somebody else. Right. And you just never know they're going to get back together or what's going to happen. Um, but that said, I've had clients who, um, have, have dated married men. I had a client who dated a man who was almost at the end at, at, you know, completed his divorce. Um, he ended up cheating on her but she accepted it and they moved on from it and as far as I know it hasn't happened again um so you know it's pretty serious when it happens in a marriage some women are willing to turn a blind eye to it I've almost i like I said, it's more rare that men are. So as the single person, you're going into a situation, you don't really have an obligation to respect the other person's commitment, right? Um, But I think it does reflect on the person. So oftentimes what happens is, You know, people who go into affairs, sometimes they have the fantasy that they're going to, um, you know, be with the person ultimately that their marriage will end or their marriage will break up. And sometimes that does happen, but a lot of times, even if that happens because of the way that the relationship started, which was based in deception and shrouded, um, those relationships often founder because there's no trust there. Look, everybody can be a jerk. Everybody can, you know, is susceptible to cheating. It's not like, you know, obviously more people do it than other, you know, some people are more prone to it than others, obviously. Um, A lot of times it happens out of, it's a kind of addiction or compulsive behavior that people do. Um, to make themselves feel better when they're unhappy. So even if they're married, they will, um, you know, reach out for it in in hard times as you would for alcohol or food or any other addiction.
1: <clears throat>
0: um, sometimes people are willing to excuse certain kinds of infidelity, like if it's with a prostitute or it's just one night. Whereas in my experience, infidelity that lasts over longer periods of time is harder to forgive and also reflects, again, the ability of that person to deceive and to keep a secret, right? You don't necessarily want to be in an intimate relationship with somebody who is adept at living two lives, for example, (laughs) um so you know there's a lot of warning signals there if i were just to say off the top of my head you know should you enter into a fair no i think it's better to address the problems that you're having of course and you know then make a decision usually affairs are entered into like impulsively or compulsively um and they hurt your integrity um Or the person who's having the affair is almost more affected than the person that has the that is had the affair on. In some cases, because you really let yourself down and your commitments. Remember, we've talked about this in the module before. You only know how much you love yourself or anyone else by the commitments you're willing to make and keep. And ultimately, you've made a marriage, commitment to somebody. And so when you fail to do that you're also letting yourself down. Now, I will say I've seen, like in the example that I used earlier, affairs or sh- certainly short-lived um, dalliances have the effect of sort of reinvigorating or at least getting the attention of the both people in the relationship so that problems can be addressed if they're in the relationship or if they're problems that are individual whatever they are and so or affair sometimes can serve a purpose in that way in the sense that it can be kind of a wake-up call um but it's dangerous territory you know um and right. people go into it thinking that you know it'll just be this light-hearted thing and it almost never is <laughs> that's what i will say
1: Interesting. Well, thanks. That's a very good answer. And I'm curious, mostly from a psychological standpoint, just it just kind of it's 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 crossed my mind a few times about that realm and why why they do it and what what's going what what's going on in everyone's heads. Why? If people have made a choice to be married and they're committed, why would they even consider, you know, uh, throwing away something? special that they've worked hard to build and a family and all that and it's like i said mostly psychological reasons i'm, I'm a deep thinker and i'm it's really interesting to me it's a very good answer i appreciate the uh your take on that thank you that's you're so welcome yeah
0: yeah i mean it's tough when you're in a long relationship you know the romantic projection ends after three years so that's when you really start to you know, that's when the infatuation stage ends. And that's really when you start to get to know each other. Um, And a lot of people have a hard time saying goodbye to that infatuation stage because you know how it is when you first fall in love with somebody, it's like, you have that spring in your step and you're suddenly, you know, the sky, the sky looks bluer and the sun's shining brighter and everything seems to be going your way. You know, it's a real high for a while. And so it's often hard for people to give that up. I had a client once who just wanted to get into relationships and in, do like the first three months, you know, cause that was the biggest dopamine rush. Now I will say she is, currently in like a six-year relationship so she did move past that but for a while that was all she wanted and so that's what i helped her with okay well good question um does anybody else have a question about relationships or communication um you can really ask about almost anything these tools will apply like I said, my specialty is dating and relationships, but um, a lot of people come to me about their family problems or work problems. Everyone's so quiet tonight. Hi, Helen. Hi, Chloe. How are <laughs> you? I'm hanging in there. Um, yeah. How's it going? Tell me. what. How can I help you?
2: Well, it's, I think I'm, I'm also like Lee and I, I have these, you know, episodes of just deep thinking and very just questioning things. And like, I think what I'm realizing at this late stage in the game, you know, I'm 48 and I'm just
0: Some people don't get it till their deathbed, and not even (laughs) then. I know. I
2: hope. I hope that's not me, but i I think I'm realizing that my expectations and like my standards for like integrity and ethics and morals and values are just maybe unrealistic. And when I take a hard look at everyone that I know. I'm close to, and people even who are married, um, cousins, friends, there's, we're all just so messed up. (laughs) We all have, we all have serious character flaws in one way or another. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Most of of us us are
0: fixers.
2: Yeah. Most of us are pretty selfish creatures and I've honestly never met a man that has the level of integrity that I think I'm looking for. Like there's always some level of deceit or lying or like they need attention and they're, they'll just do what they have to do to get it from anyone. And then they'll lie about it. And I'm just at a point where, is it realistic for me to think that I can find someone with these values and this level of integrity i mean because we're all just so flawed in one way or another
0: yes we are all flawed so what you look for is really somebody who's teachable who's open to new ways of being because yeah you're right we're all fucked up monsters in a way (laughs) you know um yeah but you know look that's kind of what i love about this work and these tools is like, it gives you a rubric to sort of help somebody along um, and help yourself along. And yeah, look, a lot of people come to me and, you know, with that same statement and they're like, why is it so bad down here? You know, why (laughs) is it so hard? Like, why are there so many people or, you know, part of it is the scripting, but part of it is, you know, you have to have something to work against and you know there's a lot to work against here but absolutely i have hope for you i there's a lid for every pot um i i mean the teach, the teachable ones
2: i I, yes. I still i can't find them
0: <laughs> you will though you're just starting to wake up to this stuff and you're just starting to see the difference between the people you've been choosing and looking at the kind of people you want to choose now going forward. Right. True. And, you know, you, you had that dilemma with that guy and then you used the tools on him and that made, that made things very clear, very quickly. And, and it- by the way, he's, he's yeah. like, now he wants to be back
2: all in. Like, are we back together? And he's, and I'm just like, really taking a deep breath and pausing and um because I don't
0: We gotta put him through his paces. Yes. You know and I negotiate he what that would look like.
2: Yes. So I'm not like I I don't know how to respond. So I'm just not responding and you know immediately and I'm just really looking back at my notes with you. <laughs> i'm like i don't know if this person is teachable so right i i'm still trying to evaluate that and i won't i won't let myself go back in without knowing he wants to put the work in so yeah
0: yeah um i always when i work with couples there i always use this um worksheet which is the list of relationship contract items and i can send it to you um i don't know if you'll be able to use it with him directly but it'll start get you thinking in like the right direction okay because there's like four basic areas of things that you need to think about negotiating i don't know if that'll all happen at once or if you'll need my help with it or you can handle it or whatever it is but you know in general you want to start looking at the commitments he's willing to make and keep.
2: Yes. And that's, I, and that's the big question. And I, I do think I would like to have like
0: your like. help. Do you want or would like? I want your help.
2: <laughs> I, okay. I will, I will not jump back in with him unless we have guidance and help from an expert. Good. And that's my, that's where I'm, I'm holding my ground.
0: Good. Excellent. Okay. So if I forget, you can shoot me an email, but I'll try to remember to send that to you. Okay. Thank you. You are so welcome. And I'm glad you're being cautious and look, either this guy's going to work out and this guy's going to be, um, and this relationship is going to be a level up or you're, it's not going to work out with this guy and the next guy you meet will be a level up and I can tell you you know I can't tell you when it will happen but I see it happening all the time when I you know the for the last 12 years doing this work I see it happening all the time all the time
2: and I I am starting to read your second book because I I couldn't attend the module too but I'm I'm definitely reading the book so
0: <laughs> okay good yeah next yeah. time I'll be offering again in the in the um new year i'll be starting a new- thank you chloe you are so welcome thank you for sharing okay okay does anybody else have a question or you guys can also ask questions about other people's work too if that is stimulating um ideas for you there he is Hi Brett. How's it going Chloe? Good, good to good to hear you. How can right, I help right, you?
3: Right, right, right. Well, I wanted to you know ask a follow-on question to um well kind of lead and Helen is kind of a theme but
0: Yeah, think, isn't that magical like there's always uh, ends up being a theme. I love that.
3: Yeah. Um, and I, 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 I've been thinking recently, in fact, you know, after the whole borderline debacle, I had to go into therapy and, and she, she asked me a point blank question. She was like, okay, well, you made an exception for her and well, you know, blah, blah, blah. So in other words, I compromised my values or my standards, my integrity, right?
0: Right. You kind of went against yourself.
3: And in, in my gut instinct and blah, blah, blah. And there was all kinds of reasons, vulnerability reasons that were not existent previously in my life. I think I mentioned that two times I had met people like this, but got them out of my life very quickly because you saw the signs, right. blah, blah, blah. Right?
0: Right. But COVID was extenuating circumstances and a lot yeah. of people <laughs> and got and that, into the, relationships the, the, that they <laughs> then got out of
3: right and but and there were some other stuff too but you know i don't want to make
0: excuses
3: for myself because she also mentioned and this is kind of where the question comes from you know sort of like having childhood issues right Mm -hmm. and then later in life and she was like well a a non-traumatized person a healthy person would not compromise their own values, their own integrity, their own standards. And so I've really been thinking a lot about that, Mm -hmm. you know, and looking over examples in which other times in my life in which I have, you know, done that. negotiated with my own self negotiated with life made excuses for this that or the other or or for life or for people or you know Mm -hmm. for myself so uh, yeah what are your thoughts about trauma childhood trauma the stability of a person's integrity that's
0: okay so one of the things that happens when we're kids is that because we're dependent we sometimes have to sacrifice part of our authenticity to attach to our parents so we can get taken care of and then when we grow up we need to reclaim that piece or it's going to show up in our most intimate relationships first and cause us trouble so one of the things that a lot of people have from childhood trauma is acceptance of bad behavior. Meaning, even if a person's kind of treating them shitty, they think that, oh, I can convince them into liking me. Not only do they think they can convince you into in, them into liking you, but they also think that this is a worthwhile endeavor, right? <laughs> that um, convincing somebody to like you is something that you have to do um and one of the things that people who don't have a lot of childhood trauma kind of know instinctively is if someone's treating you shitty you walk away you don't engage you don't you know
3: there is no negotiation
0: there, right there's but when we have something that hits one of our scripts like that there's a certain energy of a compulsive behavior where even if you have aware of the trauma or if you've healed somewhat, there's like that chemistry of like wanting to do it sometimes anyways, right? Because the pull of the familiar, the repetition compulsion um, is so, so, so strong. So, and once you become aware of that, you can literally feel it sometimes. Even, I mean, I've been doing this work for a while and even I feel... Sometimes the pull to do something self-destructive just because of the familiarity of it. Um, and so, you know, whatever that may be, whether it be to engage um, in a fight with trolls or road rage or, you know, but the root of it being that you're- you mean tra- bridge trolls? <laughs> <laughs> no, but in my line of work, I there are I face trolls. Oh, 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 oh! You, oh, know, oh, oh, you mean
3: like online trolls? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I and you have to make a rise joke, above like, it, like, you
0: have to no. not engage, right? Um, but you know, occasionally I'm still tempted. So, you know, I I've learned a lot, and I, for the most part, don't engage with. You know, somebody said something to me once about like, oh, well, you should try to convince people, blah, 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 like in a professional way. Well, with your work, you could convince. I'm like, I'm not doing that. People either are on the page with this work or they're not. I'm not going out to convince people to like this work, to like me as a person. None of it. You know, I put myself out there. And if people are interested, great. And if they're not interested, fine. And if they want to be assholes, I walk away. You know what I'm saying? Like my kids know this. My daughter, she would, she if someone treats her crappy, she's done. Like there's no drama there. Like there is for so many other people. So I did succeed in breaking the cycle. Um, I when,
3: noticed the same thing with my son. yeah. <laughs> and and it took a little while for him to learn but now at this point he's kind of a no bs you know like got his head screwed on tight <laughs>
0: right right and then yeah. he just doesn't have to deal with a lot of the drama that a lot of other kids have in teenagers are dealing with um so does that answer your
3: question? Does that make sense? Yes. Um. However, you know, uh, you know, I'm wondering if there's like one step further to it too, and that is that, like, I get that in terms, like, what you're saying in terms of tolerating people's bad behavior, but um, you know, one particular thing about borderlines, as you know, is that for for many months. They actually appear as the most normal, special, charismatic, perfect partner that you like. Wish. Yes, yes,
0: with. yes, and, and that, that's, no that's, real that's, person can replace that. Yeah, you know, a and, regular and, person isn't gonna be acting like that.
3: Yeah, and and so it's like part of the disorder, and so you get reeled in and everything, and then then once the mask falls off, and it's progressive, it's slow you know, and the, the slow yeah, dawning but, that you
0: but it is isn't it isn't because I bet you're looking back and you're seeing the moments when you knew something was wrong and you mm-hmm. chose to overlook it you chose to negotiate with it right, yes. and, and so and- that's what we work on a lot is that's why it's all about respecting your own thoughts and cherishing your own feelings because that brings awareness to your gut instincts and to your intuition and so If you have enough awareness about that, it will become impossible to ignore those things. And I've often said, women who have escaped serial killers, because of course, serial killers, which are not common, don't get all scared, but serial killers aren't as common as are, you know, in the media and all that. But basically, you know, they don't get everyone, right? But the women who have escaped are the ones who had a gut instinct that something was off. And maybe it's not explainable. You feel it in your body, especially women or, are, out real alpha men. You know, you feel it. You might feel it in your stomach or you feel it in your chest. You just know your skin might crawl. You know, I've walked into a room before, exchanged a glance with a man, my that you know, I got goosebumps. Right, it's just bad vibes. Um, so if you're sensitive and you can bring awareness to that. A lot of us have, have tamped down those feelings because they're inconvenient or we've learned that they, you know, that they will upset other people. Um, but that's really, dis, that's when we really are discounting ourselves. So part of the process is stopping discounting ourselves so much.
3: Discounting ourselves and, and sort of like where I'm heading with the next step of like, you know, even beyond the the familiarity. There's almost this—I um, want to call it wish fulfillment—because it it was a need in childhood, still remains a need, but it doesn't have to stay a need in adulthood. And that is that your core need as a child is that your parents wake up and change.
0: Wake up in and what?
3: Change. And oh. they start behaving differently. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know how, how, if I can say it any more simple, you know, but they just like, does that make sense that they just wake up? They, they, they recognize the, the hurt that they're causing the wrong that they're doing or the, you know, the the, right. the, and- the stuff that they're not doing to intervene, to protect and etc. etc. Um And, you know, start behaving differently and start, in fact, being different, that, you know, never really happens.
0: Right. And it doesn't happen that much. You know, you shouldn't, I don't advise you to wait around for people to change. When people want to change, it's very obvious and they have to put a lot of effort in. Yeah. Well, no. So yeah. you don't have to really, you know, Someone's either teachable or they're not teachable. They're either open and they want to work with you and they want to negotiate. And you guys, you know, sometimes somebody is teachable, but you're still not a match. You know, you're not compatible. You don't want the same things, whatever it is, you know, chemistry, you need chemistry, compatibility, and communication. So, you know, part of it is, you know, trying to get as much alignment as you can get you know, when you're dating and you're meeting people, you don't get everything, but you know, we've talked about, I mean, if he's 50, if, if he or she is 51% valuable, you keep them now.
3: Yeah. So I guess that was where the question is, is arising is like what, you know,
0: I mean, if you get 60 or 70% of what you want, that's pretty damn good. Nobody gets everything.
3: So, so I guess what you're saying then is the answer to that question of why would you negotiate with somebody and compromise your own values, your own standards, your own integrity? It really is so simple as uh, you're used to doing so. You're taught to do so as a child. Yeah. Um, And you grow up still wishing that somebody would behave differently rather than
0: just finding finding someone who doesn't behave
3: that way in the first place from the get-go right
0: right and just like helen was saying you think you don't have other choices but you do and you will be surprised by people i'm oh yeah surprised by people especially when you use these tools who ends who's who who ends up standing you know, who ends up rising to the occasion, who does care about your feelings, who does respect your thoughts, who is willing to negotiate with love. You do learn a lot.
3: Yeah. The, the most there curious... will be
0: people. It won't be all your people. My, my circle got a lot smaller when I learned this work, but it's tight. I know, I know I can, you know, nobody's 100%, but I know that I can rely for the most part in the people who are in my inner, inner circle. Like it feels safe, knock okay. on wood. but
3: yeah, the, you know, and the 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 last part of all of this is that, um, you know, looking back, I, I I did before in my life find people that were good, caring, you know, like good matches, and no, I just. Uh,
0: Well, don't dwell on
3: whether, that. Whether it's yeah, what I'm saying is I, I've already experienced that. I, I I know it's it's. You like, know it's awesome. out there.
0: Yes, and really there. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. It really is out there for everyone. I want everyone to find their person. That's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and there's more than one person a lot of times, and you know, not all relationships last forever, and they're not meant to but it's wonderful when it does. And there's, you know, I mean, I think everyone in this room knows there's nothing better than when it works.
3: So punchline, don't beat myself up. If I made that uh cliche
0: mistake. Absolutely not. You have to make mistakes to learn. And it's totally pointless and mean to beat yourself up about that. You learned something, use that pain to consolidate your learning and move forward everyone makes mistakes. Everyone that's, you know, perfectionism is a, is a fool's errand. This is perfectionism actually a form of self abuse because it's not attainable. Please don't try to be perfect, please. It's, it's just a way of hurting yourself and, and scolding yourself and shaming yourself because you're always going to fall short. Okay. Thank you for sharing, Brett. Okay. Does anybody else have any questions? Probably have some time to talk to at least one more person about dating, about relationships, communication, uh, power dynamics, the relationship with self, the modules. Um, what else is here I also put stuff up usually on um, Instagram and TikTok every day little tidbits because like I said I like to build the community of people who know this work because ultimately knowing this work will make changes people a lot changes people's lives and when people have love in their lives we're just living in a better place because we right now are living in a very masculinized society that is very work focused and has sacrificed a lot of yin values i was actually thinking about this today which was that you know we had this long period of time where men were kind of in charge of most of the things at least in the united states let's say you know up until feminism in the 1950s 60s 70s um and the problem with that was that a lot of men were controlling without cherishing women's feelings right and so then feminism came along and instead of fixing that part of cherishing women's feelings and cherishing yin values in general right The the environment nature <clears throat> free time you know thing good food health you know things that in other countries have been bigger priorities instead of doing that we shifted into making women oh okay you're gonna not cherish my feelings so now women became will be men will we will just take on those responsibilities and so we've what's resulted is in a very imbalanced society on a national level and so we all kind of have to work against that as well. That's called the episcripting. Everyone has their childhood script, but then there's a script that is, you know, held by different societies. You may have competing scripts because often, you know, people who live in the U.S. are from other countries. So they have a script from, you know, Southeast Asia, but they also have a script from living in America. And oftentimes those scripts are in conflicts. Those are episcripts. We talk more about that in our module classes. Okay. Well, if nobody has any questions, I'm going to wrap it up. Thanks for coming. You guys, I'll be here next week. I think the following week I will not be here. And then, um, you know, I'll be doing these meetups, um, up until Thanksgiving this year. And then after that, I'll still be available for privates. If you guys are in need, A lot of, you know, that you can reach out to me with a quick question. If I can answer it, I will, if not, we'll set up a session. Um, and yeah, I'll see you soon. Have a good night.